0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Tomahominy.
2: Hello, I'm Julie from Forgotten Classics and A Good Story is Hard to Find podcast.
3: Hi, I'm Seth. Hi, I'm Jimmy from Synthetic Voices.
0: And we're going to be talking about podcasts. Um, I, I remember very distinctly a long time ago when Steve Ely was running, uh, escape pod and there weren't that many pod, there was a lot of podcasts, but there weren't that many podcasts, uh, compared to what there is now. And, and somebody said something like, it's all a house of mirrors because every podcast is talking about every other podcast and Hmm. there could be these things called you know, just a podcast about podcasts, and <laughs> Jimmy, you have a podcast that is about podcasts. Indeed. Um, so I think we've reached the singularity, and that <laughs> means that means I can break my rule, which is don't talk about podcasts on a podcast uh, about podcasts. Uh, so we're going to talk about podcasts on a podcast. And Julie, you also have a uh, a feature, which uh, you know is one of the highlights of the show for me, is when you talk about other things you're listening to besides the things you're recording. Um, What do you call it? The podcast highlight, I guess.
2: Yes. It was for when I wasn't putting out podcasts very regularly, which happens way often. And um, I thought other people might like to find something else good to listen to. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And you know, like the one you just mentioned on the most recent one was the Edgar Allen podcast. And I'm like I'm right there with you. That's exactly the kind of podcast I wanna see. And the Dickens one, that sounded okay, although if they start talking about Dickens as a person it's going to be pretty horrible. Well, <laughs> so stick to the books, maybe. But
2: well, that's the point of it, right? I mean, the person feeds into the books, but a lot of the ones I listen to are like that, where they'll talk about a work and you learn about the author as they go through the works in order. And yes, mm-hmm. the Dickens one was wishful thinking on my part. Also, Nathaniel yeah. Hawthorne, if anyone listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um Jimmy, you you started a podcast about. Uh the podcast that you're listening to. You also have a listening group that has a meetup, is that right?
3: Uh, yes. Uh so the the podcast is basically me listening to approximately sixty short stories a month. Wow. And That's then important. I yeah, I, I it's I have a lot of like commuting time and stuff like that. And then <laughs> I, I, I break down about that into about thirty that were interesting in some way, and then I get that down to about twelve and then there's six that are the top picks and then the rest is kind of uh, either interesting stuff or stuff that was um, is new to my audience, at least. Um, and I try to feature interesting things. So and then the, the discussion group is excuse me, discussion group is a, um, a group of people in the D.C., Washington, D.C. area uh, who get together and talk about the stories after the podcast has come out because they have like a kind of a listening list. And it's been uh, really successful so far. We've got about, you know, eight regulars now and growing every every time.
0: I'd say it, it, it's a strange phenomenon because, you know, I walk around the streets. I don't see a lot of people listening to podcasts. I know that people are, mm-hmm. but the fact that, you know, you can get a bunch of humans in a room together that are all listening to the same podcast or at least a lot of the same podcast is surprising to me. It is magical. I will say I got some help from the Washington Science Fiction
3: Association, which is how we started. Um, I was just doing the list for their meetings and they asked me to like pick out some good ones and we started talking about them at meetings. And then <laughs> eventually I made it into a podcast and we spun it out to its own event. Um, so it, I, I didn't get it just out of nowhere. It wasn't like people just came out of, out of the ether.
0: But, and it's uh, now a segment on, on the Starship Sofa, right?
3: Yes, I, I make a version that's a little, a little bit more abbreviated and send that to Tony C. Smith over there at uh, Starship <laughs> Sofa as a fact article.
0: Well, you, you you also, I mean, that's the other thing that was odd, is you've got, you've got a short podcast. Most podcasts now are, <laughs> I think, at least an hour. There are some that are shorter than that, but ours seem to always go at least an hour now. Well, you guys have content. I have lists,
1: so... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I I don't want it to be long. Actually, I, I'm like, oh, 18 minutes. I should, man, I should have cut it down, or I should have spoken really? faster because I don't want somebody to have to listen to me talking about editorial stuff, basically critical review, for more than 20 minutes. That's that's a long time. Sure,
2: but I do I think like it. It's, cool. it's oh, yeah, thanks. it's unusual to hear somebody just going through what's the content of these various ones, especially since. I listen to so many and so I'm constantly weeding them out. And some of the ones you mm-hmm. mention are ones I don't get by a lot. So I'll go, mm-hmm. Oh, right. I should get that story. So I appreciate that.
3: Oh, thank you. I I mean, know, I like, I've, I've, oh, go ahead.
4: I like the meetup aspect of it. I mean, I think it's great that, you know, being a, being a geek or nerd or whatever we can consult them. Um, Luke Burridge's Venn diagram on that, but uh, yep. it's often a really isolating thing. And so, that you've managed to bring people together in a physical space that, sure, you know, it is, like you said, it's a magical experience when you happen upon someone who's like, oh, I listen to this podcast. Me too. Wow.
2: Exactly. That's. I was going to say, I love that way it kind of just flows back and forth because that's how it should really all work.
0: Well, what's yeah, the, we're, we're all on the continent say, at this oh, point, right? It's Tams in New Jersey. I'm over on the west coast of Canada. Julie and Sather down in Texas. And Jimmy's over in D.C. So we've got like a some sort of polygon that's <laughs> quite distance apart. And, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a, a lot of episode, not episodes, a lot of different shows that we all don't listen to. But there's going to be a lot of crossover as well. Right. So it's just that the fact that you, you can have a meetup of, of people locally is is it's,
1: mm-hmm. it's like
0: I, I don't quite believe it. I'd have
1: that <laughs> <I need>
0: no <laughs> to have people, you know. Well, it's all like beaches a restaurant.
3: Up, Maybe true. people are just hungry. I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's good sense. though. We <laughs> actually, it's everyone I've had there. I'm slowly becoming really good friends with. Uh, it's actually, we're forming very tight knit bond and we see each other at other science fiction things and we're like, Oh, hey, yeah, yeah like we're in a little club. So.
0: Right. Yeah. It is a club. I, it, it's, it's why I think podcasts are so amazing. Someone is is in your ear and they're your friend. And, and this is the thing I was talking about before is, so it's weird because Julie is my friend and she's on the podcast and she's talking about her stuff. And then, Oh, she mentions my name. And I know Tam has this same feeling. Like when he, he hears his name on a good story is hard hard to find. It's like, Oh, that's normal now. But when it happens the first time, how did it feel?
1: Uh,
2: Terrific! Yeah, but
1: celebrity.
2: Yeah, it's like, (laughs) what's going on? It's like God's talking about me. What? What's God saying? I know, and I do the same thing. I'll see the podcast show up somewhere, and I'm like, someone mentioned me. Oh, you know, it's um, but it's also that thing. I was talking with somebody who I just know through our blogs. But she listens to my podcast, and she also listens to Heather Ordover at Craftlet who you've had on, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's like, I just feel like if I saw you and Heather in person, I could just start talking about my life. Because when you listen, it's so much more intimate than when you read something.
1: Yeah,
0: And that's, of course, I, your
2: point about audiobooks, too. It's, but.
0: It's, it's, it's rare that you can find somebody who can speak exactly like they're and There are people like that. Mm -hmm. And, and you can, you know, when you've heard their voice in real life and then you read their, their text, you say, oh, this is, you know, I can hear the voice in my head exactly like that. Some writers are like that, but, um, it's, it's a strange phenomenon because like the way I think about the way you guys do good story Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. is that you're actually not doing it for any audience. You're doing it for each other and, um, if there's an audience out there, it's, it's that's cool. But like, it's not like you spend a lot of time promoting it or anything, right?
2: Well, right. And we also, we, the only thing I think that we do that is thinking about the audience, although we are thinking about the audience, um, is yeah, we know. will stop and explain things a little mm-hmm. bit more than we would since we'll be talking about some Catholic stuff or some other things. And we'll try to kind of put it out there a little bit more. But other than that, we really are just having our own conversation. And so it's, we would do it if nobody was listening.
3: Those are my favorite I, podcasts when it's it's very organic and it's just two people talking or a couple people talking. Those are really the ones that I listen to outside of just fiction. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it's it, it, because it is like you're a third person there, you know, with them. And it's not like creepy because they know you're there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> not like yeah, you're hiding you don't much
0: talk much. Yeah. yeah. I just assume Tam listens to all
1: podcasts, maybe. <laughs> all, um, like science fiction ones, pretty much. Really? Yeah, yeah, I still listen to, like, um, SF Signal and Sword and Laser.
0: Yeah, so you, you do comment on stuff, but mostly, like, the stuff, uh, uh, you know, it's, it tends to be, um, uh, you know, just a, a plug for what's happening on one thing. So I, I always assume you're not listening i I don't know, Tam's an enigma we we don't know how that works, but i I will ask Tam i mean i try question. I try to
1: tweet when I hear a good episode of something
0: yeah i want I wanna put this to everybody, but uh, let's start with mainstream podcasts. I'm not talking about like science fiction ones. I'm talking about just like what's the most mainstream sort of old media sort of show that you listen to hmm. Tam
1: yuck, yuck. Uh, well, I guess security now is that mainstream?
0: Well, it's sort of it's like podcasting mainstream, yeah. but if that's the most mainstream you've got, that's I mean, it is podcasting mainstream, really. But it's not it's not like uh, the ABC News podcast or something like that, if there is such a thing.
1: Um, maybe the agony column. I mean, that's like okay between yeah, that's main, the mainstream run. fiction and genre fiction.
0: That, You're listening think, to that Margaret Atwood interview he's doing.
1: Oh yeah, that that was pretty good actually. That made me want to that's, read her book a little bit more.
0: Made me want to hit her again. <laughs>
1: what?
0: Not that Ouch. I've hit her before, but <laughs> <laughs> like again, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, just, I, I I can't help myself. I'm attracted like a moth to a flame well, to listen to what Margaret Atwood says. But I don't uh, like
2: yeah, her. no, I know that's I'm right there with you.
0: I Julie, what do you? What's your most mainstream podcast? I
2: have one. I have one. I have one. I'm so excited. Ninety nine percent invisible. Do you guys listen to this? Yeah, it's pretty Mars. cool. It's about design in the real world and how good design should be 99% invisible. So he covers all kinds of things. You're talking about parks, but how skateboarders took over a park. Or you're talking about money, but how it's designed in the whole world. And he just goes all over the place. And he's been able to do Kickstarter campaigns, which I contributed to the first one, to help him do more episodes. And he gets picked up by local... I think he lives in LA, radio. Yeah. Some, but he'll do other episodes too. So, uh, he's really good. And they're not usually too long. A really long one would be 30 minutes or something Yeah, about like a that. half
4: an hour. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But a lot of times they're shorter, which I like also.
0: So, so is this sort of, you know, through your work that you, you, you know, you find resonance there? Cause <laughs> I, I've I've seen it online, I've just never... I
2: guess so. Um, I yeah, I love things about design. There was one that was really good about advertising design, and the guy, I guess, got busy and quit. And so then I started every two or three weeks cruising the design section of iTunes, which is what I do. Every two or three weeks on a Tuesday, when they put up new songs, or at least they used to, they'd also put up new podcasts. Mm. So huh. I go looking through the what's new section just, just to see if anything grabbed my eye. And so I do it for... Philosophy, history, literature, performing arts, design, food. May KCRW,
4: out of, um, out of Santa Monica, of has, uh, one called, I think it's called DNA Design and Architecture, and it's, it's very similar. I think it's hosted by a British lady, and uh, they have some similar content to, uh, 99% Invisible, very similar okay. approach.
2: But is it only architecture and building design? Uh,
4: no, it's called Design and Architecture, and I can't remember, but I think there have been some more general, general topics covered as well.
2: Okay. KCRW Seth. is a good source. They've got Martini Shot, which is like three minutes long, and it's Rob Long who's in Hollywood. I guess that's another kind of mainstream one. And he's funny, but he's always making a point about the industry. So I'm sorry, I'll let somebody no, else take No, it no, me.
0: that's good. Um, Seth, what's your, what's your most mainstream show?
4: Well, I listen to a lot of NPR content. Yeah, that um, would be. I would guess so. NPR news and all that. In terms of books, my most mainstream show is New York Times Book Review, which I okay. won't say I listen to it regularly. Um, sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's like, okay, we're going to talk about the neo feminist movement for <laughs> thirty minutes, and I just want to like tear my hair out. And not that I have anything against the neo feminist movement at all. I just I don't want to sit there and listen <laughs> to that for a half an hour.
2: But
0: um, the I do every I once can in a while. Say I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Jimmy, Jimmy, what's your most mainstream? Because obviously you're listening to a lot of niche genre podcasts. Yeah,
3: I tend to be pretty questions. niche. But I do have two that are pretty mainstream. Uh, one is uh, NPR's Car Talk. Um, all right. the NPR podcasts have pretty much been like ripped from the radio. So those are always right. solid. And those are, I think, by the way, when I talk to people, the most common ones that I talk to people about listening to, they listen to, um, wait, wait, don't tell me and things like that. Right. Yeah. And then I'm also a microbiologist by training. And so mm-hmm. I listen to the nature podcast, which is, I think, pretty mainstream. Um, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, nature being the number one pub- publication for science is, uh, uh a very, very well produced podcast about science articles.
2: Is that about half an hour long? I don't remember off
3: the top of my head. Probably about.
2: Okay. I I think I've seen it. That's why I was curious.
3: Yeah. I think
4: they also
3: do. Let me just finish real quick. Uh, What I love about it is that um, they tend to publish, you know, lots and lots and lots of content in Nature every week. And they get the actual scientists who wrote the articles to do the interviews or maybe one of the postdocs from the lab. Right. And it is real primary source stuff. It's very cool.
2: Hmm
3: and fairly comprehensible to even people that don't have like a lot of science background. I think they try to make it pretty broad yet interesting to specialists.
0: Well, that, that makes me think of science news update, which is also on uh starship sofa mm-hmm. and also, with, also right. a separate podcast. Um, and that, I, that's the, basically the only science podcast that I listen to anymore. But um, I, I like that one because he, he's reading through the news, you know, the news of science and, and he finds the interesting stories, right? You know, sort of not just the um, the you know groundbreaking ones, but he, he sort of gets on hobby horses of uh, you know
2: <laughs> ants.
0: He's going to go on ants, for a <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of ant stories or something Campanella, like that. Campanella,
2: right? The Ubu yeah, yeah, Audio guy, yeah, Campanella. yeah, yeah a great
3: narrator too. Yeah, he and is. He has a, he has a view, point of view too that some people I think yeah. find a little bit off putting.
0: He's sort of grumpy.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very ec- academic, having just left that, that world. It's very academic.
2: Well, do you listen to, Jimmy, do you listen to Encounters then?
3: I'm not familiar with Encounters. Okay. Or Encounter, it might
2: be. It's from, um, Canada, somewhere. And it's some, it's, it's not put out as a podcast very often, but when they do, they'll put out six at a time and they must have over a hundred episodes. And it's a guy who, this sounds like the worst ever, but he basically goes out in the field somewhere and starts watching—I don't know—trees or buffalo or whatever it is—and he's he's out there with the animals. He'll go, "Oh, wait, just a minute! I'm going to get trampled. Hold on!" You hear these hoofs going by, but he'll talk <laughs> about the history of them, what they're doing, the—and it's fascinating. He somehow makes it really interesting. Richard Nelson is his name.
0: It's, it's sort of the only only thing left of those soundseeing tourists that started. In the yeah. 2005 era, yeah, that sounds interesting.
3: I'll take a look.
2: Yeah, it's. I'll try and remember to send a link. It's very. He's gone to Australia too, so he talks about all kinds of stuff.
0: Hmm. Well, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, 60 Minutes is probably the most mainstream one I've got. Um, there there's a surprising number of shows, or there have been over the years anyways, where they just take the audio feed and turn that into a show. And it doesn't seem to affect, uh, you know, like it doesn't affect the show that much that you can't see what's going on. But um, you, you notice a lot, like when you listen to the 60 Minutes podcast, you can actually hear them leading the questions that they want answered in the way they want it answered, which is always surprising it's it's shocking to me that nobody's pointing this out all the time so that what they do is they say and that's how it is or something and then the the audience person will say and that's how it is or the interviewee will say and that's how it is so it's like they they they're feeding back sort of the response they want the exact soundbite because it's very tightly edited like right? wow. those <laughs> segments are incredibly tightly edited I, I once watched a documentary on how 60 minutes was put together and they you know they do like a 50-minute cut for each interview, and then they just cut, 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 and so they develop these techniques of of making a uh, a, a very short show that hits all the points that they need to do when they're doing whatever subject they're covering. And it, some every once in a while there'll be like somebody who's not uh, mainstream interview, in, you know, not just a regular person being interviewed, and those people they tend to not respond that way. But hmm. it's like they're training the, the interviewee how to do the 60 minute style while they're do, you know, doing the segment, which is pretty amazing. Hmm. So I'm not, I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just how it is. That's how but it I, is. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like a, um, a new version of that is there's a podcast called Vice, the, uh, the Vice podcast, which is, um, related to the television show on HBO and there's a magazine apparently as well. Hmm. And that's, that's a long form, very much more, um, very much more like a podcast than, you know, you know, there's no set ending and it's in depth interviews and, um, little, you know, everybody on 60 minutes is pretty old. Yeah. Even the young people are pretty <laughs> old. So the, the, their parent point of view seems to be sort of mainstream, you know, they'll, 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 do their segments. But then there's always the happy, you know, the child prodigy (laughs) and they've got a recipe for keeping the show on the air for that long. But vice is a lot more, um, um, rough, rough around the edges and, um, a little more interesting Mm -hmm. because of that. that. Yeah, me too. Um, their show, uh, on HBO, which is, you know, it's not, it's not just their, their podcast is not their show. The podcast is separate, but their show is the one that sent, um uh, the Chicago Bulls basketball player to Korea, North Korea mm. last year,
2: mm. whatever
0: it was. Um, Dennis Rodman? Is it? Yeah, Dennis Rodman, yeah. So th- they're like always trying to inveigle their way into getting very weird kind of stories out, which is kind of cool. Um, other than that, there's like Freakonomics and, oh, yeah. and a uh, sort of, very well put together, uh, independent podcasts like that. Um, that's a very well edited sort of radio show, I think, that is that started as a podcast or vice versa. It's very much like the books, if you like the books mm-hmm. or the audio. And then um, the thing, I don't listen to a lot of NPR, but I listen to a ton of CBC. And uh, Tam should be interested in this and probably a lot of other people. Uh, Day Six is a new podcast that's been out for a couple of years. And they've got a new segment with Dan Carlin on, which is pretty oh, damn cool. really? Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's weird because it's only like an 11 minute segment with Dan Carlin. You normally expect like you know, two hours. <laughs> Five <laughs> hours. Yeah. Yeah. Some six hour episode. Uh, but. They managed to get him to.
2: Is it to, history or
0: or politics it's, or? It's yeah. It's it's day six is like a, a summary of the week's events.
2: Oh, okay, uh, so he's commenting on something like that then. Yeah. Okay.
0: They they use him like a columnist sort of. Well, and
2: I was just wondering because he has common sense, but he has hardcore history, so I just didn't know which direction he was going in or.
0: They whatever. they happily um, talk about you know they mention both and yeah. you know. That's what I think is so cool is that there are people who who in the in the traditional media, like especially CBC, they they do embrace podcasters um, because they're listening to them, I think. Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, Dan Dan was on that. But there's there's been other ones um, like uh, um, Eric was on a CBC podcast. And, you know, they 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 draw people from the it's not sort of a separate realm anymore. Right. At least with the CBC, and I think that's cool.
2: Did Seth um,
4: but, say what he... Yeah, Seth. Um, I did already, but I'll, there was one more I wanted oh. to add, so I'll, I'll double dip. Um, Go for it. I don't know if this counts as mainstream, but um, I think it does. It's from American Public Media. Garrison Keillor's Writer's Almanac, and yeah. that's something I listen to daily because... Um, I mean, Garrison Keillor is not normally someone I'm into because he does that whole Midwestern Prairie Home <laughs> Companion thing. But um, he has this great kind of drawing voice. And like, It's the birthday of Walker Evans, photographer, <laughs> uh, which actually is one of today's um, photographed of uh, the Great Depression along with uh, James Agee. So I get a lot of inspiration and, and little uh, facts to share throughout the day to make myself sound smart from that podcast. So <laughs> I, I really Sweet. like that. Nice. Well,
0: maybe we should head head more in the direction of our... our.
1: So is Common Sense know. mainstream?
0: Yeah, so that's that's uh, it's a good question. I would say it's more mainstream than Hardcore History, but the thing is, <laughs> it, it's not really, right? Hardcore right. History is the one everybody likes, and, and uh, Common Sense is the one that they'll listen to when Hardcore History is not available, right? <laughs> so it's kind of weird that you, you'd think that there is such a thing as mainstream in a sort of independent podcasts, uh, hardcore history would have to be more mainstream because, or at
2: least it's more popular. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But,
1: um, that's funny. I I only listen to common sense. I don't listen to hardcore history. Really? I don't really
2: listen to common sense often. I, sometimes I do.
1: I listen to both.
2: I like both. I can't take too much politics. I get too angry. Yeah, it's, it's
0: pretty frustrating. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, let's let's talk a little audio drama. I don't know, Jimmy. Do you listen to any audio drama podcasts?
3: Uh, n- a number, yes. Uh, they don't get featured uh, like every single month, but I tend if I find one I like, I do tend to talk about it on the show.
0: Okay. D- what about Night Vale? Welcome to Night Vale. That's, a <laughs> that's on my list. <laughs> that's a mainstream quote-unquote <laughs> audio drama podcast. Um, mainstream. I hate, what? I hate it's. There's no audio drama in it at all. It's just a guy. There's no <laughs> drama. Uh, Welcome to Nightvale sure.
3: is geek mainstream. It is yeah, – if you, if you sure. go to a gathering of geeks, they will have a meetup of people who are fans of it, whereas – and another one like that is, like, the Nerdist podcast, if you're familiar yeah. with Chris Hardwick's whole network of yeah. podcasts, I've been to events that are 100% those people, and they can sell out shows, and
2: yeah.
3: um, Night, Night Vale also does live shows. So they're they're definitely geek mainstream.
2: Right. Mm. um, Not regular, not like the NPR and the, um, yeah, just average person. You have to embrace the HP Lovecraftian feel. In fact, I listened to several and went, "This I don't know." And then my daughter Rose listened to them up through like episode twenty, and she's like, "Go back and just keep listening for a while because eventually they'll start weaving things back in." And so yes, so when those little tiny People showed up to invade the bowling alley. Finally, I was like, <laughs> oh, there they are again. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, just it, it, if I, I should
3: maybe explain what it is, because I don't and, think we've actually introduced oh, it. Sorry. It's a um, uh, basically it's the NPR of a tiny uh, uh, somewhere in the middle of the desert in America town, uh, which has all kinds of strange occurrences and government overshadowing and evil forces that are
4: all the moving.
0: conspiracies are true in this town
3: yeah how cool yes. and and existential crises are like 50 percent of the content it's mm-hmm. very uh like am i real i don't know and uh it's 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 very uh very imaginative and yet not like a carbon copy of all of the lovecraftian stuff we've seen kind of recently it's it's, it's got its own take which i really like
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, a couple of things that it it reminds me of of course is uh Twin Peaks is you know it's like the town of Twin Peaks radio station sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's got the creepiness of that but there's a lot I mean there is nothing that is is normal whereas in Twin Peaks you know they they still eat food, you know. <laughs> they're, they're they're pretty strange <laughs> in this in this town of Nightvale, but uh also, there's a show called Wormwood. Uh, I was reminded of it by, okay. uh, Julie, uh, Hoverson. And that one was a very popular audio drama podcast years ago. And it, it went for a couple of seasons and then turned into comics or something. They're still online Is and okay. stuff. Yeah. And that, that's actually, um, like, I, I don't like Welcome to Nightville after the first couple I got the idea and I felt like, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to keep going with it you because do, I, I've got the idea. Whereas with Wormwood, it's it's more like um, a soap opera, serial, like um, like I guess Twin Peaks was, and you're sort of pulled into the mystery of it. Hmm. Uh, but you've also it's a genuine audio drama. So of the genuine audio drama podcasts out there, what what do you guys listen to?
2: Decoder Ring Theater.
0: Oh, of course. There, there's, that's I, a, that's sort of mainstream. right?
2: Yeah. I, some, well. Nobody I know has ever heard of it, but they don't, most people have to still explain what a podcast is, so. Right. Um, But they, I don't like really the Red Panda stuff. I love Black Jack Justice. Yeah.
3: Oh, see, I only listened to the Red Panda, and I was like, (laughs) I can't, in fact, I think you recommended it on a podcast, and I went to listen to it, and I was like, this is well produced, but I just didn't care about the characters. (laughs) So for me, it was kind of tough. You have to start at the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's uh, it's surprising how how much it is sort of a, you build on with the characters because they start off as like uh flirty sidekick and and now they're like they've got kid, mm-hmm. you know they're they're they're, in, they're almost finished World War Two. You know they start off as sort of Batman and Robin with a little bit of sexual tension and sexual obliviousness or something like that, and it it is it, it's it's weird because the main actor on that show is also the writer and the main actress on that show is also the wife of the writer. Mm. (laughs) And so it is kind of this, you're listening to it and you're saying, Oh, uh, there, that, those are my friends who are pretending (laughs) to be superheroes. (laughs) (laughs) Their show about pretending to be superheroes. And it's a fun show. It's a really tightly, it's strange because it's almost exactly a half hour every time. Which, you know, I think he, he said on a, one time I talked to him that he was hoping to sell it to the radio and they went with the original time frame. But yeah, I, I, I love Blackjack Justice as well. There's also a new one that they do, uh, called The Krogan Adventures, which is based on a comic book. And, um, I, I quite like that. But there's, there's tons of great audio drama podcasts like Julie Hoverson. Mm-hmm. She's, she's got a backlist of amazing, um, non serialized shows but she's also got a bunch of serialized shows. I I don't understand how, how she gets it all done because she has a regular day job and she writes the shows, she she makes the shows and she puts out a lot of content or has yeah. put out a lot of content. There's also go ahead.
2: Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just that's Nocturne Boulevard. Does she still nineteen Nocturne, Nocturne Boulevard? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Oh I was sorry. gonna say the Live I think Chronicles? Has anybody mentioned that so far? Leviathan
0: Chronicles, yeah.
3: Yeah, that one we Jesse and I have a little disagreement about uh, audiobook <laughs> versus uh, versus audio book versus audio drama. I It's
0: a, a serialized audio. Yeah, it, uh, audio yeah drama, exactly.
3: But that one is very well produced audio-wise. It has some of the best special effects. It is. It
0: is v- it's very good sound effects. And you do and need
3: that. to start at the beginning with that one, but
0: it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: nice. Yep. I pen at you. Oh, sorry.
0: Well, Saf, sorry. Go for it.
4: Um, I've never really listened to any audio dramas, so I'm learning a ton here. But I I mean, I got into both podcasts and audiobooks in the heyday, the golden age of audiobooks when Scott <laughs> Sigler and mm. J.C. Hutchins were doing their thing, uh, Merle Lafferty's Heaven series. So, you know, I really got into those and I really liked them, but it was kind of a flash in the pan for me. I and mean, I know Scott Sigler's gone on to commercial success and some of the others are doing good things, but it just really didn't didn't hold my interest.
0: Well, I think those are still, uh, you know, those are still sort of mainstream podcasting. Uh, I think Scott K- Sigler's got a uh, blood or some sort of, you know, short story thing that he, he's putting out.
2: He's still uh, doing his newer books, like the series about the football player in the future. Right. Right. I liked the first couple and then I quit listening after trying the third one two or three times, but he's still going on to like be a champion or whatever. So, <laughs> He'll put the chapters out. I'll check them. Um, does anybody listen to We're Alive?
0: Well, that's that's definitely mainstreaming as well. Because uh, I mean, if there is such a thing, it's it got to say I... it gets released. It got released as a uh, blackstone oh, audio. it Did it? Did I listened yeah, to the so.
2: first couple epi- uh, series or seasons? Mm-hmm. And liked them, and then they just kind of doubled back, I thought, and so quit. I was just curious if anybody was listening to that at all. So.
0: I, I heard the l- first couple episodes, and I thought, well, this is zombies, all right. It
2: was <laughs> it, it, amazing yeah. zombies. You forgot that. It was, it was fine. It was fine. I, 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 I don't Fine know. only in the I, Texas sense of the word. It was fine. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It sounds a lot more sexual when you say it that. Well, don't. Jack was uh, the main character, right? So he sounded pretty good. He knows what he okay. looks like. So. Anyway, I'm sorry I cut it in again to Tam's time.
1: Well, I, I don't listen to any audio dramas, so I got nothing. He okay. got nothing.
0: All right. Well, let me give you all a, a heads up on a show that I really like and haven't posted about yet, but I will. Um, it's called The Monster Hunters, and uh, there's a lot of shows with that night name, so it's kind of hard to find. I think it's themonsterhunters.com or something like that. It's a U.K.-based um, audio drama comedy uh, set in the 19th early 1970s. Yes. Yeah. I've and heard it's, this. It's, it's, it's really funny. Yes. It's, it's It's zany in the way that a lot of things are. Um, it's not related to Larry Curry's Monster Hunters International, as far as I'm aware. Mm-mm. But there is a, um, a, a lot, there are a number of shows that have that. Jake Sampson Monster Hunter is another one I, I like, but mm-hmm. it's currently not on air. But this one has gone two seasons, and I believe they just put out a Halloween special, which I'm Ooh. looking forward to listening to. Yeah. Okay. And this is, uh, it's very funny. So, um, if you like, 1970s humor, or humor <laughs> set in the 1970s with zombies and, uh, plants that, you know, are eating people and all sorts of, uh, jokes like that. You'll like that. Are there There's plants also, versus zombies? Uh, I've never played that game, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> Me either, but I'd like to.
0: And, uh, I should also, uh, give a plug to another one that, um, I've got on my list here, if I can find it, but uh, while I'm looking for it, uh, somebody else has got to have one more. Oh, I'm sure.
3: Well, uh, one that I've discovered and I'm kind of on the fence about it. I haven't, I haven't gotten through, it's got about three different major threads and they're all in the same world it is called HG world. And it is a, uh, right. it is, it is a, I believe it's an audio drama. It's, it's full cast at least. Um, yeah. and has some, but yeah, I believe it has some, some background sounds and stuff. And it's, Kind of a post-apocalyptic sort of zombie, but it just kind of takes its own take on that. And there's a mythos behind the zombies that kind of pulls it in a Lovecraftian direction, which I, I've not really seen very much of. Uh, but I don't, uh, I don't know, it's, it's. The, I think the actors are very good, and sometimes the writing is like a little meandering, kind of like an 80s apocalypse film like they just kind of of don't get to the point sometimes Sometimes. so i'm on the fence
0: gotcha Hmm. i've Hmm. seen it online i i have not uh, i i think when i went there and i realized that it wasn't hg wells world (laughs) i was disappointed (laughs) why is it called hg world i believe (laughs) it's a reference (laughs) to a home garden
3: center someone's living in okay i'm not totally sure i haven't gotten through it disappointed
2: I know. I heard HG World and went, oh, I'm so excited. You really dashed my hopes there.
0: Yeah, oh, um, I apologize. Yeah,
2: duh, that's, I might love it. There's no telling.
0: So the the one I was trying to think of is, I wanted to get the spelling and the pronunciation right, because um, it's, it's a show that's hard to find. Um, it's called Ace Galaxy, or Ace Galaxy, if you look at it. I've
2: seen that.
0: Yeah, and this
2: is, yeah. this is one
0: where somebody emailed me as they do saying, you know, go listen to my show. And I'm like, <laughs> well, it's on the list. I'll, I'll listen to it. And then I started listening to it and I'm like, this is hilarious. And it's exactly my sense of humor. It's just exactly like sort of nonsensical, um, wordplay. And, and then you get inside the character's heads and, and I was listening to it and I was thinking, God, I, I'm not giving this enough uh, tension because I, I, I listened to audio drama at night and I fall asleep and then I, I missed the end of the show. So I got to go back and took me like three or four weeks to get through it with, with, you know, that technique. And then I just listened to it straight one day. And, um, and so I, I emailed the person who had made it back and I said, I'm going to post about your show, but I also, uh, I sort of, maybe this is, I'm remembering him wrong, but I said, but I'm only going to do that if you'll be my friend. Because, uh, she, she, you could tell her humor was the show.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just
0: wanted a person like that to be my friend. And so, um, she did this six, uh, six episode show that is, uh, really, really funny, completely bonkers. It's, it's very much like, um, uh, douglas adams uh, except it's completely set on the earth except also it's set in another dimension it looks at the entire universe and takes examples often from the earth as to why the universe is so strange hmm. um, and it's it's uh, very very strange and very canadian um, and it's very much like what you would see on cbc radio back when they did radio drama but um, now that they don't do that it's it's a sort of Only going to be a podcast, I think. So... That's acegalaxy.com is the website, and it's G-A-L-A-K-S-I.
2: Thank you, because I was like, the way you say it, it's not obviously Galaxy, so.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's the show's called the, the Destiny of Special Agent Ace G- Galaxy, and the thing, I always transpose it, I always say, The Special Destiny of Agent Ace Galaxy, but it's The <laughs> Destiny of Special Agent Ace Galaxy. Is
2: this and, the one where, like, there's a tennis shoe and. Exactly. Yeah, there's okay. A yeah, that is, it, that, that is override, funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's completely insane really
2: um
0: and and that makes it sound bad but actually it's it's very touching because it's also a romance and it's got Mm -hmm. it's got Mm -hmm. um sort of the people not believing you know thinking everybody's crazy and it it, but they're looking for a connection a very existential um it's making it sound kind of highbrow as well but it's it's, actually
2: it's really good yeah you just have to listen to it
0: it's very, very humane. And the thing is, is the way I'm talking about it, it sounds like I'm plugging it because uh, she's my friend. Well, the only reason she's my friend is because I loved it so much that it, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird backwards way of getting somebody to plug right. your podcast is to make them love you and then love your <laughs> love your show so much that they talk, talk about it. No, that well, great. that's
4: the way it should be, right? I mean, it shouldn't be podcasting. No, it, shouldn't it shouldn't be, shouldn't be like yeah. the Boys Club that we were talking about earlier, that Hall of Mirrors. It should be, you know, good content rises to the top and gets disseminated because it's good content.
0: Exactly.
3: So that, is, that has happened to me a number of times. Uh, I, I, Fortunately, apparently in the D.C. Baltimore area, a lot of the editors of the various podcasts I review – live nearby so I'll yeah. run into them at the con- conventions and now we're like on a first name basis and because I love their stuff and it's exciting to be able to interface with them about the thing that they love because they're putting all so much time into it so it's been really yeah, positive
0: but also you know the reason I found out about you is because there was like backlinks coming from your, well yeah I've been just been spamming your, your website with links
2: Well, that's, no, that's another way
3: to
0: make friends no, Yeah,
2: yeah but this no it, it doesn't
0: a- work yeah. I'm
2: sorry, but this kind of takes me back to if you had told me whenever I first used to read the SFF audio blog, oh, that Jesse and Scott would be friends of mine. I loved that blog. I read oh, it every day. I couldn't wait to see what you guys were going to write about. And then when you noticed my podcast, I was like, oh. <gasps> You know, and now I don't even think about it because it's yeah, like you're saying it's you you move past the material to that's a reflection of your friend because you know the people behind it and you are on a first name basis because you've kind of put all of it in perspective
0: exactly so, yeah I think that I think that's how uh, that's what's so special about a podcast I mean maybe that's how the people in Hollywood feel about you know the TV shows they're watching you know oh there's my friend um
4: you <laughs> mm-hmm. know
0: who lives down the street and who is also on whatever popular TV show there is. Maybe that's, or, you know, movie there is that maybe that's how they feel, but it's very strange because podcasting makes anybody a celebrity, like a Hollywood celebrity in that sense.
3: Not everybody well, gets to share in that experience though, unfortunately. So. No, yeah. no, no. So <laughs> podcasts right. are nice. and
2: But blogging does right that right too.
3: Up.
2: It yeah, depends it, on it, what it, people it is. there's. Um, I met somebody at this, marriage retreat we were helping with, and he just kept smiling at me in this kind of a, it was friendly, but it was kind of a knowing way. And I was like, so I went up with the husband of a couple that was going, and he was like, I read Happy Catholic. I've read it since you started. And I went, oh, oh, a fan. Wait, hi. (laughs) You know, it's a whole (laughs) different mindset. And it's because I don't expect that, because why would you do that? But I, you know, it's like me reading SFF audio. Hmm. It's the same thing. I was like, wow, these guys are the greatest. So,
0: well, thank you, <laughs>
2: and it's still true.
0: Well, we we don't do as much writing; we're more podcasting now. But there's still there's still some content on there.
4: I still yep. crank out some reviews from time to time,
0: and yeah, and Seth Seth's our new intern. <laughs> hey, that's right. the 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 main the main feature being he doesn't get paid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as long yes. as it's not like it is on Night I'm honored to meet you. We're oh we're yeah, short acquaintance. How's that work? <laughs>
3: There's a new T-shirt for interns. If you're if you want to look check out their store, by the way, it, oh. is, uh, it is very indicative of the transit transition uh, short-lived nature of an intern's position.
2: I am gonna thank you for telling me that because I was thinking of um, Christmas presents for my kids. Oh, it'd be perfect. Of course, a T-shirt I might just wear around the house because you know. If
4: I were getting paid, I could afford one. <laughs> <laughs> well. Maybe we can we can get you a
0: stipend or something. Yay. Um let's let's turn to less uh audio drama based podcasts if we if we can. I don't know where to start with that, but um Julie, I like this trend and I guess you do too, of single author podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody Mm -hmm. uh doing the Edgar Allan Poe cast or there's there's a new one called the Cromcast, which is Robert E. Howard.
2: Oh, Um, okay.
0: And that one's interesting because I think the people are all friends together in the same area. So they share a microphone and most of them are reading the stories for the first time. They eat Chinese Mm -hmm. food sometimes while they're doing (laughs) it. They're like pasta. (laughs) It's very it's very around the table. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's their levels need to go up and their microphone could be better. But um, the content's good. Oh, yeah. Ah, it's, It's it's interesting discussions.
2: It's interesting because I'm interested in Robert Howard, E. Howard, but I don't really like any of his stories. I keep trying them. I keep trying all different ones. I keep going, uh, no, no, no. Me too. Me too. But I would actually, well, I might listen to the, them, the, I guess.
0: The way, it's interesting because when the people, I guess it's the H.P. Lovecraft literary podcast that sort of started yeah. this trend. There's, there's an M.R. James one. And I think yep. that, I think that, there's something about the author that tells you what the podcast will be like too. So the Poe one is very academic-y sort of because Poe is very sort of academic-y and Lovecraft is, is sort of lots of detail about stuff. And Mm -hmm. he has a, a, this is the thing I I don't think enough people recognize is that he has a really wicked second sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, It's very dry. Mm -hmm. So, but the humor on that show is very funny, uh, the HP Lovecraft literary podcast, and the Cromcast is very much, I think, like Howard. It's sort of a bunch of guys sort of barging into a room and not really knowing uh, the lo- the deep details, not caring that much about them because that's how Howard was about right, his writing. It's just very raw and colorful. <laughs> Bye, let's read some Conan.
2: Grab the idol,
0: move on. (laughs) That's right. That's basically it. And, you know, the Chinese food, uh, it probably should have been a sack of wine or something. But (laughs) it's the same sort of idea to it, I think. And there's another one, the Philip K. Dick Philosophical Podcast. Um, Hmm. For some reason, they only have a a Facebook page uh, instead of a regular website. So it's hard to get to if you're not a Facebook user um but their podcast is they're trying to go from the beginning to the end i guess of his short stories maybe their the novels it's very very slow going is this the so this
3: is not audio fiction this is only like like it's a, a read along episode like yeah it's like a
2: read along yeah. okay yeah so um the and Philip K Dick one i think i might have tried that at the beginning yeah. do you like it i mean i my
0: problem with it is they you know like they have too many questions. Uh, I, what I like to have is a, sort of a good mix of people who who really well study something and have good questions, and then other people who can step in there and fill that gap mm-hmm. if you're going to have more than one person. And when you don't have that, when you have a bunch of people saying, yeah, that's a good question, I don't know the answer, I'm like, oh, come on, guys, <laughs> do your research. You know, that's uh, what well, you know- I love. But have Mr. Thing. Jim Moon on because I, I, whenever subject I think I'm well versed in, he's just much better versed on it. So yeah. I can ask a sort of a good question, I think, and then he'll come in and say, uh, uh oh, well, that comes from this and then, th- and this is why this is the way it is. And I'm like, Oh, how? That's so Mr. Jim Moon has a podcast called Hypnagoria. Oh, yes. That, that oh, is that? fantastic. Hypnobos. I love it. It's really, Amazing, he he writes these essays and then reads them, and they're so in depth. They're like <laughs> hours long on Batman or, um, you know, vampires. He did one uh, like basically a, I would say, you know, PhD level dissertation on werewolves and where they came from and and how the that has evolved through mostly movies and not very many stories, and you know, he's done. Peter Cushing and uh, does movies and oh he's just so smart and he also reads some stories too oh yeah he's a great narrator
2: yeah he's a really great narrator um I was going to say one that is along these same lines but not at all science fiction oriented Mm surprise is Chalk Bard and that
0: right I I wanted to ask you about that one yeah that that is you are always on
2: Great one about Shakespeare. I don't know if any of y'all have listened to it or not. And basically, um, he'll take a, and now, of course, I'm blanking on his name, Aaron Ziegler, I think his name is. But he will take a play, and then he goes through it, an episode per scene, basically. And it sounds as if it would be dry, but what he's doing is kind of taking you through the story but at the same time he'll talk some about the history he'll talk about what the characters are how they're interacting with each other what does this mean and it's like having a bet the best professor you can imagine do it because he's not putting his own interpretation on stuff he'll open questions up and then he'll say but see what we saw here and what we saw there so let's think about it and um but he's very engaging he was an actor or i mean he does act and so um, he'll read lines aloud sometimes. And it sounds painful. I realize I'm not making it sound great, but I'm not kidding. <laughs> I went through me. Macbeth, and <laughs> I feel like I'm now in love with that play. It's, it's amazing what I saw in there that I never would have seen otherwise. I've, I've been listening
0: to you to talk about it for years and it was exactly probably the same thing that prevented me from listening to the H.P. Lovecraft literary podcast is I could do a podcast on that and mine would be better. But then I listen to it and I think OK, maybe mine wouldn't be better. <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
0: I've been, I, I love Shakespeare. So I, I I wanted to, you know, sort of I, I keep thinking about the doing the Tempest. How would we do a podcast on the Tempest? Because I love he did. One. Love, well, he did. Wow. Well, yeah, but I don't know how I would do one, so I'm just going to have to give up on my dream of doing one on the Tempest no, and
2: just
0: chop. Glad barn.
2: for that star. I but, don't
0: know how to do it. Well, I don't get know, to Archangel
2: I don't Audio. Know. You know, Archangel has the whole series of the RSC, the Royal Sha- or yeah, Royal Shakespeare Society, or whatever they are doing the voice acting of each play. Get but that. I, know,
0: I, I don't know how I would discuss it. Like, it, how does it? How do you? I, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast, I guess. I don't... This well, top bar and see how he does it.
2: Yeah, but I think you would do it like you would do any story.
0: But they're or too novel. Big, aren't they? I mean, they're too... Like, when we did The Odyssey, that was like a six-part series.
2: Well, true, and I loved it.
3: Well, I mean, I, I, I think, think when you structure a podcast, it has to not just be about, like, oh, what would I do? Because I think then you're trying to emulate something else that you think is good, exactly. you have to be, yeah. I have something that nobody else has. I have something exactly. that I can offer that needs to get out there. I mean, that's, that's anytime yeah. I, I go about a creative project, that's my main mindset is like, yeah. well, I don't want to do, you know, the nth version of this, or, you know, even though somebody might want to listen to that, I want to be like, nobody else could have done this. So, I mean, if you have a reason you want to do the Tempest, you got to figure that reason out and then,
0: yeah, that's what, that. That, that's what my problem is, is it, it, I have put it on the back burner and it's been there for a while.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: still, it's still cooking, you know, it's no, still too simmering. Too much deep still not thinking. ready to cook.
2: No, no, just do it. Just no, get somebody you, think, you want to talk about it with. And. Shakespeare
0: not Robert E. Howard. You have to, you have to, you yeah. have to give it the attention it deserves. And that's not, I mean, uh, I think about the way, I think about the way you do, you did, um, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, right? Wow, that well. that was not a normal way of doing a. I mean, how long did that take? It took like I don't know years. 60, I don't know. It, it was a long time,
2: <laughs> yeah. um,
0: and I'll tell you some of the, some of the parts were very dry. The uh, the not um, only
2: the material to work with. I
0: know it's the materials <laughs> you're working, with, but a lot of them were were amazing and great. And I I I'm much lazier than you, so I don't know well. how I. I would put that together.
2: I would like so to I, say, I, I though. Just
0: listen to Chop Bard. That's my thing. I
2: news. am, well, that. But also, I would like to say, to be fair, I found a fantastic book that I loved that had the most amazing notes in the world by Robert Alter. And then somebody asked me to do Genesis on the podcast. And that's mm-hmm. the only reason I went, well, if I was going to do it, it would have to be this with these amazing notes. And he very generously and his publisher agreed to let me read it because I said if you actually do an audiobook I will take mine down. And so I, you know, as I went along I had fewer and fewer of my own comments really because I how can you add to that material that much? And I was getting burned well, out. But so I think you're giving I me credit I for something that it. you're you're I don't know. I think the burn and slash attitude is okay if you want to get into it with a friend. I mean, if you stopped and thought about The Odyssey as deeply as you're thinking about The Tempest or Shakespeare, you and Scott may never have done it because of the weight of history and years and other commenters.
0: Well, it took like 20 years to do that one because I read it when I was a kid, and and I've been thinking about it ever since. So so The Tempest? I'm going to run out of episodes like that, so... Well, let, let's get away from SFF audio and from uh, from uh, Genesis. your your Genesis show, um, <laughs> Uncle
2: Tom's Cabin,
0: Forgotten Classics. <laughs> I was
4: trying to. Bring okay, behind. I have a great
2: history one.
4: Okay, let's called let's hear Born history. Yesterday. Born yes. Yesterday. What's that about? Oh, have you heard that? Yeah, it's great. They did one on the um, the um, Conquistadors and uh, kind of debunking myths about uh, the colonization of North America,
2: of Mexico especially. Yeah. Well, yeah, this guy just picks random topics, it seems like, and they're so well, um, researched, and he presents it really well, and he did, I mean, he's picked everything from the emperor and empress of North America, to, as, um, Seth, I think it was you who were saying, the, first of all, what was the Aztec Empire really like? And then, what did the conquistadors do? To things like the history of the gay bar. The History of Chemical Warfare. And when I listened to the history of the gay bar was the test one for me. I listened to that and thought, I am just going to see, because this is an opportunity that a lot of people would put their personal thoughts out there. And he passed with flying colors. My gosh, when he talked, he made it interesting. I was fascinated the whole time. He never talked about anything. When he'd say, and then these laws got passed, he didn't stop and add editorials like, because of these people who are awful or, you know, the, the temptation <laughs> oh that a lot of historians fall prey to. It was amazing. I loved it. it
0: sounds good. I'm, I'm going to get this yeah. one too. I, I love, I love history podcasts, but there's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if history according to Bob is still being put out, but it is. that is it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I sort of have just stuck to hardcore history, um, since forever because it's just easier <laughs> it's easier to wait for a six-hour <laughs> podcast than to do a daily one. I um, hate you know, those
2: six-hour podcasts. I have to listen to them in pieces.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I kind of like my podcast long, but there there are sync problems if you you know you update your podcast every day yeah. for your iPhone or whatever. Okay. Um, speaking of which, uh, what kind of apps are you guys using now that iTunes is and iOS seven is so royally screwed up? The way people Well, get before
4: podcasts. we go, there's one more uh, history podcast I wanted to mention. There's a British sure. history, a guy out of Portland, Oregon, named Jamie, is doing a British history podcast, and he's taking on the mammoth task of doing it completely chronologically. So, you know, he started with Neolithic Britain and then moved into Roma, Roman Britain and is now in the middle of the Dark Ages in Anglo-Saxon Britain, so-called Dark Ages. Ah. I have a masters in medieval history so I, I hate that term but uh anyway he's he's doing a pretty good job and it's kind of in bite-sized chunks and and he makes it entertaining so it's it's worth checking out
0: there's a number of ones that do that there's a a, a history of philosophy without any gaps that i, I yeah I, I like that I, I listen to depending on what what era they're in um, Same and that yeah and there's a number that do that where it's a complete history of something and i think that that that's it's cool to know they're out there, even if you're not particularly interested in, you know, the, that at the time you might be down the road. And if if we don't lose the the RSS feed for it, it'd be kind of cool to go at it later when you are interested in it. But, yeah, I, I like the yeah. scattershot approach that that this Born Yesterday seems to be going for.
2: Also, there's um there's uh, the you know, the guy who kind of started a lot of those is that History of Rome guy, who I don't mm-hmm. remember his name, maybe some Mike Duncan, maybe it might be his yeah, name. I don't okay. know. I, right. I, w- I didn't care about the history of Rome. He sounded fine. But, um, but he started a new one called Revolutions, where right. he'll take 12 to 15 weeks, episode per week. And I didn't think I would care about the Civil War of England. But guess what? I'm fascinated because he does a good job. They're about 28 minutes long. And then he'll stop and do another revolution. So um, that's kind of replaced my uh, "When Diplomacy Fails" podcast that I used to listen to, kind of on the same subject mm. about how wars get started, different wars.
0: So, so, so uh, any more history, or are we we out of history? Yeah, could, could we steer um, to fiction? Yeah, uh, I I do want to steer to fiction, but I I wanna if if we can just uh, this is a serious problem. The iOS seven problem makes podcasts. Very difficult for people to get. Luke, Luke Burge was swearing up a storm when he accidentally updated his, his service. I know a lot of other people are, uh, you know. Yes. It's, it's Basically, it's causing, it's causing a lot of people to, in the future, probably won't know that podcasts are available because it's taking it out of the iTunes store and putting it in a separate ghetto. Um, so w- I just want to know if there is a, you know, do anybody use Stitcher or anything like that other than just not upgrading? What can you do?
4: I use a great app called Swell Radio, um, okay. and it's like a Pandora for podcasts. Basically, it it has several categories, and as you, it just kind of throws podcasts at you. And if you skip them, it it plays fewer podcasts like that. Um, if you listen to it all the way through, it it plays more. It so it it's adaptive and it's pretty good. I mean, for example, it. Without my direction, it now in the morning plays, you know, the Garrison Keillor Writers Almanac for me, the NPR News five minute <laughs> update, all those things without any intervention from me. So it's not perfect, but it's really great.
0: That's interesting. It it's, it's not exactly It doesn't sound like it's an exact replacement, but it's a an, it's another way of getting into podcasts. What about yeah. did, Tam? Did you upgrade your your iOS or what? What did you no,
1: do? I'm still on iOS six and I use the yeah, Apple, on iOS 6. So that's what I use the Apple Podcast Apple. app. I don't use
0: iTunes. Oh, really? Yeah. You, well, then that's not going to affect you as much. Yeah, okay. I was confused by Jesse what you said the the podcast
3: app spun out from iTunes a while ago. It and did, it's, but it was not. Mand- I like the the new version, the iOS 7 version of the podcast app is pretty good. I mean, I was I wrote a post about how much I liked it. Um, I'm gonna
0: have to read and, that post because I, when I tried it, I, I found it very not. It, it was. It seemed to try and steer me into mainstream podcast, which I want to do it the way I want to do it. You know.
3: Yeah, I, I guess I don't know what your like user experience is, but like, I mean, first of all, I actually use iTunes, the software yeah. on the computer, and me too. and that because I have so many podcasts, it's the, it's still in my opinion the best podcatcher I've tried. Um, yeah. But it's. Uh, i don't know i actually don't, I don't have a problem with it
0: well the 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 main difference between ios 6 and ios 7 in terms of podcasts is that it, if you had ios 6 and you deleted your podcaster app which is the podcasts or podcast app from apple it actually put the podcast back in your music folder so that you could use it traditionally like you would always had when it was called a iPod on your iPhone or when it was called music on your iPhone, it was still your, you could have your audiobooks and your podcasts and your, I presume your music altogether. Oh, and, okay. And that was, you know, it's like one less app, one less button, but well, also. I've done away
3: with the music app on my iPhone. That's, I, yeah, that's all I use it for is podcasts, so. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I barely use um, the, the iPod app, so.
0: So, Seth, you're, you're talking about Downcast. How how are you finding
4: that? It's a great... Downcast is a great app. Some of the features like um, automatic podcast checking, I think, have been added into the uh, new podcast app for iOS 7, like Jimmy was talking about. But it it's a great app. It almost gives you too fine-grained control. Like, you can create playlists of your podcasts, and you can determine exactly the speed of each podcast plays. So... If you love that kind of customization, it's great. I can see how it would be daunting for some people, but I have that set up for times when I don't quite trust Swell Radio to play exactly what I want. I'll fire up Downcasts and listen to Luke's podcast or or a back SFF audio podcast. So it's it's a great it's a couple bucks. Uh, I'm looking it up on the App Store now, but it's not not very much. It's worth it. I've heard good things about it.
0: I think I might have to do that if I, if I'm forced to upgrade to iOS 7. I, I'll just stick with what I've got. But like, I've been talking to people and, and they, you know, they say, ah, oh, it was so annoying. It was always bugging me to update. And then they do it and then they, they lose all their podcast, you know, native knowledge and. I think that's just – it's it's going to hurt people in the long run. But yeah, uh, Jimmy, let's talk about fiction because that's what <laughs> your your show's about. And what's interesting I like about your show is you are talking about the shows that I don't listen to so that when they do come up with a good episode, I can go uh, huff-duff that one. com mm-hmm. is a service I use to get shows that I normally don't subscribe to into my iPod. Okay.
3: Yes, I've seen that on your website, and I've never quite understood. I just never followed through and figured out what it was. But yeah,
0: it's a, it's a you just right click on the MP3 file, and suddenly it appears on your oh, podcast. Cool, cool. It is very, very, very cool. I actually just made a custom podcast for a uh, series of episodes from a CBC t- uh, radio series uh, that came out in the eighties. Six episodes, and I I zipped them together, and it took like two minutes to make a. A custom podcast feed that even works in iTunes, and I mean, this thing has solved my big podcast problem where people come, you know, they say, "Oh, listen to my podcast," and they've got an MP3 file Mm. on website with no RSS feed. That's not a podcast. Well, I don't (laughs) complain about it anymore because I can get this file into my iPod without weird.
1: Yeah, I I actually do something really ghetto. I have an app called Free MP3 Downloader. And I just um, downloaded directly to that and then played in there. But that, it, it, so, it loses its place though. If, if I go away from yeah. what I'm listening to it, it doesn't remember where it was. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's the 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 key difference between a podcast on your MP3 player or a podcast MP3 on your iPod versus a regular MP3 is the podcast is treated like an audiobook. It will keep your spot.
4: Right. Downcast is ninety nine cents, by the way. I just checked on the app store.
0: Okay, so. I, I think I might have to get that. That's going to be the second app I've ever purchased.
2: Can that work on just a computer, not having I, a smartphone? I don't or, know. Okay, just curious. I can look into it. That's. I was just curious. I'm old school. Computer, iTunes, iPod. <laughs> done.
0: Jimmy, what 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 are the shows that are most often picked as, uh, you know, the the best for the month. What shows come up again and again? Like, is it Escape Pod or? Yeah, what?
3: it's, it's the ones that if you, if you're a heavy fiction podcast fan, you will have heard of all of these. If you only know one or two, you might be surprised. Um, the, the Escape Artists Network, which is, uh, science fiction is Escape Pod, fantasy is Podcastle, um, Pseudopod is horror. Uh, those three get a lot of, uh, uh, they get a lot of press uh, from me because they put out a lot of fiction. So they have more chances of getting a, a solid story and they have, I think, good editorial uh, choices. The other big network that gets a f- quite a few from me is uh, starship sofa, tales to terrify mm-hmm. the protecting project pulp. That's the district Wo- district of wonders uh, network. And, mm-hmm. um, the other big ones, obviously, Clark's World magazine, because they have won a number of Hugos and Nebulas, and they have a very solid stable of, of podcasts. Um, John Joseph Adams has Lightspeed magazine, which is mm-hmm. science fiction and fantasy, and Nightmare magazine, which is relatively new, and he's rearranging the editorial staff of it, which seems to have been a positive change. And it's a, also a horror magazine. Um, and those are the that's big ones.
0: Out horror, horror podcasts as well. I'm, I'm sorry, that's putting out horror podcasts. Nightmare.
3: Yes. Yeah, so the, the there's actually been kind of in, at least in my world a boom in horror podcasts. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Nightmare magazine is a big publication now. Um, pseudopod and um, there's a fair amount of horror that comes out of the Drabblecast, um, which is a weird and horror and speculative. Uh, podcast by norm sherman who's also the editor of escape
0: pod so uh, one of the one of the things that uh, of those those networks like uh, my favorite is uh the horror tales to terrify not because the the episodes because of Lawrence santoro exactly his (laughs) his voice is so great he's got a great sort of personable um you know you feel like you know him when you he's been invites you into the nook and I don't know, you play with his cat or whatever. Um It's got a, it's got that. And then when he does a story, it's often, you know, a Lovecraft or a William Hope Hodgson. It's something very great. uh, You know, in my mind, you know, the great old stuff is there. And then he's got this voice for narration. It's just amazing.
3: Yeah. He's, he's really got the, what, you know, you might call the horror host vibe. Um, and, and it's really interesting to look at, different horror podcasts and how they present themselves because there's mm-hmm. a very strong inclination to be start out being kind of like, Oh, we are the scary. And I I think uh, Lawrence and Toro can really pull it off and be that creepy keeper kind of guy. And then you, yeah, look at- but
0: he's not that creepy that it's just that he's so he's personable, but he's, he's sort of, it's more like Lovecraft or Poe sort of creepy rather than knife slasher <laughs> blood on the floor. Oh creepy. yeah.
2: Yeah, but he's I mean, kind of cheerful, actually. He yeah, nice he's, he's
0: cheerful, and he's very, in his tomb or whatever, yeah. yeah. But right and
3: like then Christian you got you got Pod. and that's very. Uh, <laughs> I would I would say Alistair is almost a everyman mm-hmm. who has to yeah. live through horror, and he shares like personal anecdotes about his kind of struggles and how that ties into the the what horror really is, and so I, I like both of those mm-hmm. production styles.
0: It's also got creepy music. Mm-hmm. There. I
2: can- Rarely listen to pseudopods stories, which I'm so grateful they'll put a few lines of the story in there so I can go, oh no, but I always listen to his introduction and his interview oh really mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah, I love him, but i I'm just a limp I have to have you know when I watched twenty eight days later I'd have a daughter sit there and go jump scene okay
3: thanks. oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah, yeah it, the horror has to, a little bit of you have, you have to figure out where you can be I mean some people. Probably could just they can listen to Karnacki stories and
0: that's (laughs) as horror. It's quite a range, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I recently put out an article specifically about that, which is like here's all of the things that you could hit with horror, and they're totally different, and they're not all Night of the Living Dead or slasher movies. There's so much more out there. It's really beautiful. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I was out in in the country um, in a trailer at my dad's place, and I was listening to. Tulu inspired um, short stories, I'm a, and I'm at bedtime. I'm thinking this is a really bad idea. Fortunately, it <laughs> was not haunted for the next week, but it was it could have been close.
3: Yeah, I can't listen to horror right before bed. It's it's just a no. rule I've had to make for myself because oh, yeah. a lot of horror to get through, and it, I slip up and oh, it's not a good not a good idea.
0: Uh, light and fluffy audio drama like Dakota Ring is exactly what you want to listen to before mm-hmm. you go to bed. Because nobody, at the end of the half hour, nobody's, you know, corpses all sprawled all over the place with fish guts and, you know, it's, it's nice and, it's, it's nice and clean dreams. Yeah. Does anyone listen to Journey Into? Who? Uh, I've heard a little bit of, it's, a, it's an interesting podcast because it's a, it's a mix, right? Uh, Journey Into and then it's oh, Adventure or Science it. Fiction. It's a very good,
3: like, I think niche because it's small, but he knows a lot of, I. And his name escapes me right now, but Mm -hmm. he he knows a lot of the good narrators and podcasters and Mm. often gets them as as audio talent. And he'll either produce a little little story in full cast or he'll find he found all of the seeing Ear theater uh, sci fi channel audio dramas somewhere. Mm -hmm. And he's been putting those out. And they're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: They're on archive.org. Yeah. See, I would, I would, I, I will link to them, but I, I, I don't know if he's. I think he's actually. Uh, he could get in trouble that way. So what I do is I just link through, and then it's all archive.org's fault, right? Yeah, I don't but. know
3: about the rights. I know he's had things before that needed to be taken down, but he also gets. I mean, he put up a and produced a John Joseph Adams story from one of his anthologies. Uh, yeah, which
0: was I, I like his great, I like his stuff, he, but because it's a mix, right? It's it, it it starts with um you know journey into this that and the other thing. It's 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 every adventure and horror and well, oh, here it is. That's science me. mystery space suspense adventure fantasy horror the unknown and fun. So each episode could be one of those. Because of that, you it's it's probably not getting as much attention as it it should. Because it's not just one thing, like, I guess the way SFF audio is not just, you know, only Philip K. Dick, although I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 yeah, sometimes it seems that way. Well, I think we've done like five, which out of 200 episodes is not that many, really.
2: But I think but when you <laughs> mention him in practically every episode, that still counts. Well,
0: Okay, I mentioned him in this episode, <laughs> but maybe you're right, I do mention him
1: a lot. But he's really good. So. <laughs> Well, the Robert e. Howard Lovecraft Phil K Dick podcast. There you go. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a up. good
3: point you bring up, or at least easy segue is I have kind of made an effort to veer away from too much historical fiction, and, and I don't mean historical yeah, fiction Yeah, no, about,
0: that's what I, when I one of the reason I wanted you on here is because you are you don't spend much time talking about the stuff that I'm always talking about, which is the old public domain stuff. But you guys already exist. I don't need to be you. <laughs> exactly. That's what
3: exactly. I like. um, the, It is very easy to get sucked in because, I mean, there are so many podcasts that are single single author or the great classics. And and while I like those kinds of podcasts, um, I feel like the people who are actually trying to, like, write new stuff and get it out there and, and then get donations so they can pay the authors and, that's that's such a struggle um, that I really want to yeah. make sure people are at least getting that stuff um, because they're going to find um, their favorite classic author just by searching the name more easily. But finding podcastle is going to be a little bit more tough, a little bit more difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to get the shiny and new stuff.
0: Well, the the sh- the shiny new stuff is is shiny, but. And it's new, but is it good? Is, so that's yeah, you, why hey, I,
1: I need. It's a risk. You have to um Exactly, it I like
0: the so risk. I, I like it. that you
1: might
3: get a terrible story, and if you yeah. don't, yep. it's a reward. It's like a. It's like a reason people like treasure chests that aren't made of plexiglass.
2: That's why you need Jimmy. <laughs> that's Tell exactly, them. or you can me just
3: have stories. me read them for you, and then that's it,
2: right. it, That's exactly
0: what we need: is, is is somebody to say, you know, this is. This is good because eventually, eventually some of those stories are going to be classics, just like mm-hmm. the right. classics that somebody's talking about. But finding them is, is the hard part. And so I, I do appreciate you doing that. And I hope more people do do that. But, yeah, if you if you gave me my druthers, Jesse, you can have an old book or a new book. I'll take the old book every time mm. because it probably means somebody cherished it rather than just chucked it in the garbage. So can
2: I bring up a talking about classics and then we won't ever speak of sure. them again. No. Um, <laughs> okay. The name of this podcast is off-putting. It's called Craft Lit. I talk about it all the time. But um, it's if you just skip the first five or ten minutes, you get past all the knitting conversation because Heather Ordover started it a really long time ago so that people who were knitting or crafting or whatever could listen to an actual book. But because she was an English teacher – She also would add comments at the beginning and some context and everything for you at the end. And so what it's turned into is this really fabulous listening experience. She's done quite a few books, including Dracula, Frankenstein, which I've just been re-listening to to get ready for an upcoming. You're
0: doing your homework already. I am.
2: And uh, but so it's not just Pride and Prejudice and Little Women. because I tend to skip those because I don't like the girly books so much and I don't like the girly conversation about them. Oh, women are empowered. But she also not just that way, which a lot of those kind of podcasts would be. You know, she's doing other things. And so if you find a book on hers that you like, it's she also is trying to get better audio. The older ones have just whatever LibriVox had available. But now she'll get people to actually just record for her. And her Dracula, she got different voice actors, including Aaron Ziegler from Chopbard, Bard, to be the different characters. And so when he's reading Van Helsing, he's got the scratchy old phonograph sound behind him because that's how he recorded his journal. So it's getting uh, to be really an amazing podcast that way. So no, I recommend
0: it. I'm a big fan of her her podcast in the same way that I'm a fan of Forgotten Classics because I think you guys are it's like your twins from oh. other other ends of the con- uh, <laughs> country, right? Yeah. They're, they're they're very similar, and I I, I really appreciate that. Oh, uh thank she, you, Jesse. She's, She's she she tends to do more of the uh, classics, even more older than yours. Like yes. you, you tend to do 20th century. She does 19th century. But she also does. um She she does the in-depth that I really appreciate.
2: Mm-hmm. And well, and she's also she's really trying to look for true classics, whereas I started off trying to do classics books that I really liked. I couldn't get people to read. And I finally mm-hmm. thought, well, if they're not in copyright, I'll read to you. Maybe you'll listen to me. That was my impetus. So, forgotten. I might to be different. Yeah.
0: So, uh Tam suggests. Uh, oh, or maybe Seth suggests we should talk about podcasts about writing. Now, I hate podcasts about writing because <laughs> I don't <laughs> write podcasts, and I think <laughs> I, I don't write stories. And I think that when you go to a regular science fiction convention, which I've done once, that's all they talk about. Yeah, is, I thought
1: every science fiction it, reader was a writer.
0: Potential. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody in the audience is listening for the exact same questions they all have heard a thousand times before, which is, how do you get, how do you get your stories submitted and get paid for doing stuff? And, uh, can you tell me the secret recipe? <laughs> and then the stuff that's on podcasts is like, uh, was it Tam or Seth who was saying, uh, I should be writing?
1: Yeah, I, I like Merlapi's <laughs> voice, so I, I listen to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind is of great. She always talks about her angst in the beginning, like. Uh,
0: Tam, do you write short fiction?
1: No, I mean it, it's nano Maybe I should try it now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's just beyond. Oh
4: my.
1: You just write fifty thousand words, then don't worry about editing it.
4: Yeah. And if you. I've do heard, 50, I've heard words writing, excuses. writing excuses. Writing uh, excuses is good. Um, Brandon it's Sanderson. Yeah, I mean, the good part is the great Peter Brunet is their their tagline is 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and we're not that smart. So, you yeah. know, they get in, they give you some writing tips, get out. Um,
2: Brandon good for Patterson, last,
4: of course, is great. Um, Howard Taylor, who's a comic book writer. Dan Wells, who writes horror. And I believe Mary Robinette Kowal, who's a great author and also narrator, has participated recently. But anyway, they they have great kind of very focused segments. So it's not a lot of that. Navel gazing that I think you mm. Jesse object to when it comes to these writing podcasts, rightfully so.
0: Yeah, they they, they seem to talk about uh, techniques uh, about a particular problem in in writing, and that at least has the entertainment value of seeing how the how the writer gets out of the problems he or she causes for her him or herself. Um, they're
1: pretty funny too.
0: Yeah, and they're they smart, witty people, so it, it it's okay. But I, I just I, I I think the the number of people who who listen to these is got to be pretty close to the number of people who are writing, right? Is the people who are <laughs> listening to I should be writing are people who should be writing? So just go write and don't talk about it. <laughs> I, I don't want to know how the sausage is made. I want more sausage.
4: Neil Gaiman had a post about this. Uh, he like lambasted. Bloggers who blog about, oh, I have writer's block and they spend 2,000 words complaining about their writer's block. Like, you realize (laughs) you could have written 2,000 words of story in the time that it took you to write that blog post.
3: Right. Well, part of, part of the benefit of a writing podcast, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a lapsed short story writer. I basically don't have any time to do it. Um, but I, one thing I think that podcasts like that and going to these conventions offers is not just, what's the secret sauce? Because I think after a a few years, people figure out that there isn't a secret sauce. They have to make it themselves. But the podcast gives community, which is when you're alone in your little writing nook, scribbling away, and then you can listen to Merle Lafferty or any of these others say, hey, writing is hard. You can be like, yes, writing is hard. And it it makes you (laughs) want to go on because you're not the only one who's having a hard time. And I think podcasts in general – kind of offer that um, to you know to the to the to their audience they say you're yeah, not I alone think
0: it's community absolutely and uh, I guess I guess I just don't like the overlap because I when I go looking for science fiction in iTunes or wherever I'm looking for podcasts or fantasy or horror a lot of the things that people are talking about are the the writing of those things and they just sort of get in my way of finding the stuff that is the actual stuff I'm looking for, which is the actual writing, not the, I should be writing, but the I am writing or uh, no, look at what I wrote.
4: Mm. There's also adventures in science fiction publishing Mm -hmm. that uh, Mm. does interview some pretty great authors uh, with a focus on that whole process. So again, I don't think it's really that helpful, but sometimes it's great just to hear the author's stories.
0: Well, some, some people, you know, they're entertaining um, when they're, they're being interviewed no matter what they're being interviewed about. But, um, the interview format also, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. So, um, I, I haven't listened to I Should Be Writing in a Long Time, but is that what she, she does when she has people on? Is interview or is it more discussion of the kind of writing excuses?
1: Um, I, I suppose she has different writerly questions, like where, you, where do you get your ideas and things like that?
0: Okay. I'm that 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 question probably is probably
1: what
0: you in. Is the bad one? I I traveled all the way across the country to listen to a bunch of amazing writers, and that was, that's the first question out of every everybody in the audience's mouth.
4: I was at um um when I was doing my masters at Oxford. Uh, yeah, I sound like a complete jerk now. Anyway, I was at the um, Oxford Student Union, um, and I was listening to Terry Pratchett speak, and someone asked him, well, where do you get your ideas? And he just kind of, off the cuff, says, well, I just make things up, you see.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. That's how you do it. With, uh, but That's
4: not true that's for Terry Pratchett, because Terry Pratchett, like, shamelessly steals everything, so I was a little bit... Disappointed in that answer because it, it seemed a little disingenuous from him. I mean he does make things up, but he's his source material is very transparent.
0: Well that but see that's the problem is the I think I think we need to read more of the older stuff so that we can see. Like that's what makes Neil Gaiman so good, is that he's read a lot of old stuff. And he says, Wow, you know that jungle book? I like that. I wonder what I could do with that. And he thinks about it for a while. Right. And he says, How about the graveyard book? Oh Kid raised by ghosts. That sounds cool. And that layering of, of, you know, he's not imitating, uh, something that was written ten years ago. He's imitating something that was written, you know, many, many moons ago that's been filtered through Disney or whatever. Uh, it, it gives a, a added resonance that I think is, makes him one of the great writers as opposed to one of the many, many legions of not great writers that are out there.
3: Yeah, it's definitely uh, very apparent. Whenever I go to one of these science fiction conventions, uh, we have two that are very good in the DC area, uh, Capclave and Balticon, and they. Uh, I I'm always amazed at the stuff that people are trying to get people excited about the the things that they're plugging as their books, and I'm like that sounds like every other book ever that is on the bookshelf <laughs> right now, and I, I guess it's from on one end it's a commercial thing, but on the other end it's like. I, I I that's why I like short stories because there's less of an echo You're in and chamber and yeah. it's a lot yeah. more like I had an idea in the middle of the night and I had to get it down and it's not like I want to write a a, a romance novel that involves you know spectral spirit number 5 and you know some kind of a teenage angst issue it's there's actually like a more of a old school vibe to a lot of science fiction and horror and fantasy
1: mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm there.
2: They're directed at, I want to write and sell a story. They don't have, you know, the old pulps. You had a deadline. You had to get your whatever. I'm selling to adventure Mm -hmm. magazine. I have to get my adventure going. Done. Um, And these people all have too much time to think about it. And maybe also, I was thinking, since I'm in the middle of a slow, close reading of, rereading of The Lord of the Rings, Mm. Um, you think about how much oh, oh, it's good, yeah, it's really good, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and let me just say the Tolkien Professor podcast, the old episodes where he's doing his Tolkien professor thing, really good, um but it tolkien had such a rich um, base to draw from because he was interested in a lot of things. He didn't Mm -hmm. direct everything towards, now I must write this thing. He -hmm. was, he was bringing everything into it, and I think that's what somebody like Neil Gaiman does. He has an outside life. He has his own intellectual rich, uh, place to harvest from, and he looks at what everybody else is doing instead of just going, I can sell a story. And all these publishers who, and this is how it's been through the years. That's why we have to wait for time to sift out, the Jane Austens or whoever from all the other dreck that was out there, but they're they're wanting. <laughs> I just need something to publish, you know. Nobody's stopping to really look at what's really good. It,
0: it's it, it's insanely interesting to me that there is this voraciousness for the new, because to me, if it's new, that means it's probably bad. But to most people, it's new. That's what I want and that is strange to me because i don't understand why they want something is it like to be one is one up on your neighbors you've got the, the new
1: shiny
3: car yeah it's it's, it's, know, it's new. new it,
0: it it's
1: exci- it's car. novel right.
3: you've never run into it before yeah. and another thing that i like about especially short fiction as opposed to novels as much is i feel like i'm part of it if i find mm. Uh, you know, the first reading of a new Clark's World story, it's a new Ken Liu story or something like that. That just happened, that n- nobody else has written gallons of analysis about this story. Nobody else has copied right. this story. It's it's what we have. It's the it's like the edge of our razor. And as we move right. forward across the, the, the clock. And I, I think that's very exciting to be part of um the the new generation the what's after the new wave what's after steampunk winds down i think that's more exciting. zombies <laughs> well hopefully no the zombies probably. will also wind down as they're being
2: right yeah. uh, uh,
3: reserves <laughs> except
2: that yeah except and that's why when you find something new you can't wait to share it it's the um the thing that made Scott and me start good story was i had to talk to somebody about the reapers are the angels mm. zombies sorry but but they're mm-hmm. kind of background material. Or welcome you know. to Night
3: vale. I mean, that's another great example. Right,
2: of right.
3: It's not copying anything in particular. It's inspired by some number of things, but there's just this organic community that's just appeared around mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, that th- that started as a exactly as what you would think would be doomed to failure, which is a promotion for a book company. <laughs> right. Their way of, of promoting their book company now. What happened to the book company? Maybe they'll do some not Welcome to Night Vale, and people will buy that. But love it whatever t-shirt. else they were going to do is not is not the focus, right? It's it's the accidental is like the commercial for uh, a Budweiser beer where the I don't know the frog becomes a celebrity and nobody drinks the beer,
3: <laughs> <laughs> or, or any of these radio shows that were designed to sell cereal. Um, exactly. Which, by the way, Journey Into does a lot of. Um, but you can you can get these. Great, like dramas. At least at the time, they were they're very cutting edge for what they were. And you know, nobody necessarily even put that much thought into that that side of it. They were trying to sell soap or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah AutoLite sponsors suspense. Yeah, I, I, AutoLite was a spark plug company. How <laughs> come? How come we don't have a spark plug company uh, sponsoring <laughs> SFF audio and and uh, synthetic voices? I Like. W- how come spark plugs were so universal, universally needed before and now they're not needed?
2: New Carter. Nobody they make,
4: make them, they make them better
0: now, maybe. Yeah. I guess. Or maybe. Direct injection.
2: I, yeah. I was thinking about that because I was getting kind of angry, okay, pretty angry, about the way stadiums are all being named after, you know, FedEx Stadium or whatever now. And especially since, oh, Jerry Jones, I hate you so much. Oh, you know, Cowboy Stadium is now AT&T Stadium. But then I was looking at the history of, oh, I don't know, I, old baseball teams, my husband was. And he was like, well, this used to be the such and so Bulldogs. Well, it's because they were all started by companies who mm-hmm. paid for them so their employees and everybody could watch the ball game. And I went, oh, I guess we're just coming full circle.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It doesn't change uh, my
2: feelings about Jerry Jones. However, I now accept it more. So maybe it's that way with, you know, all those other things that have to put the ads in there.
0: My plan, my plan would be for everybody to uh, like that happened in Vancouver. There was a stadium that used to be have its own, you know, named after the province and then it got bought by GM. So now it's GM place or something like that. But my plan would be, you know, you get the money and then everybody agrees. Let's not call it that. It might have that on the sign, but let's all just call it the old name.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: But the problem is, is once you put a, a, a name on something and that you can see it there, that's its name. It doesn't matter if you want it to be that name or not. That's its name. It's Obamacare, whether you want it to be Obamacare or not. Yeah, it's a good example. <laughs> so what, what are you talking, uh, strong community components, Jimmy?
3: Well, uh, one thing that I've, I've been amazed at is, is finding how not only some podcasts have really strong communities where the, the fans either contribute to or somehow affect the show, but also how none of the podcasts ever have the same kind of community. Like there's a right, very yeah. different um, vibe. And by the way, uh, you were saying like podcasts, talking about other podcasts, like even though maybe you, you see that a lot, I never see podcasts cross-promote maybe to one partner.
0: Well, it used to be that there was like a promo at the end of every episode, like if you look at the old escape pods, which mm-hmm. are still online, they would have a promo for another podcast that was online, and it was like a pr- quid pro quo sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to check with my intern, see if that's the right <laughs> expression. He's from Oxford, so he would, Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you would give a promo, and then they would promo it back, and so that was one way to do it, and then the other way is just for people to plug it. Like, Julie still does, but... um the way Julie does is not like uh, somebody asked me to promo this. It's more like I've been listening to this great podcast, and let me tell you why it's great.
1: Mm.
3: Well, the, the the two that I really wanted to, to mention, um, the first is the Drabblecast. So, does anybody listen to the Drabblecast? I used to. Okay, it, it's a it. it's a interesting thing because it's got a main fiction in the middle, and then in the beginning there is a uh, drabble which is a standardized 100, uh, writing format. It's 100 words exactly. And uh, people submit them on the forum, and then Norm, the editor, picks them and puts them up as kind of the front bumper. And then on the other end, after the story, there's a Twabble, which is a Twitter-length, 100 mm-hmm. characters, not counting spaces story, uh, which gets put up at the end. And the thing that's really nice about that is the middle fiction is almost always great. I mean, I personally think Travelcast is one of the best, um, uh, editorially picks some of the best stories out there. They're not always super new, but, um, like they'll do Philip K. Dick occasionally, uh, mm-hmm. but they're also sometimes commissioned. But the community stuff is usually pretty good. Like, I, I, I would say most of them are pretty good. And if you go on the forums, the, Interplay between people posting twabbles is like really exciting. Like people will respond to twabbles with twabbles, and um, mm-hmm. it is it is the most open and friendly community. Um, I've had a lot of success um, just as a writing exercise, and, and you know you have a chance to get on a show, so it's it's very fun.
0: Uh, this is, I think, the reason I don't listen to this one is because they, the, for whatever reason, they caught up they put music under the reading right
3: it's yeah it's custom uh arranged for each piece um which actually i generally don't like music behind audio uh but i actually think this is a great example of how to do it right but that's just my opinion
0: yeah like they've got like they've got really good content so they've got a margaret atwood I don't know how that one is, but Bloodchild, I've read, and that's a great story by mm-hmm. Octavia Butler. So that, you know, that, that, I'm there. Except when I start to listen to it, there's a combination of sometimes the, the narrator, uh, I think it is Norm Sherman, whatever compression software he's using, we get the <gasps> sort of <gasps> at the recording level. And it, really? Oh. Yeah. I, it, once you start hearing it, you can't unhear it.
1: Oh, and thanks.
0: then, <laughs> oh my god, it's really bad. That's so
3: because, weird. I've I've literally talked to tens of people who listen to this. Really? Show regularly,
0: regularly <laughs> nobody got, no the, th-
3: Yeah, I actually he's known for his superb audio quality. Like I don't. He I don't,
0: has he has a nice voice. <laughs> I like his voice. I mean the, he,
3: the editing, the actual tech side of the audio. The guy's a perfectionist, but anyway, that's we don't need to get into a whole.
0: Well, I. Thought I, of, but. I, I one, t- one time I went through an entire podcast of SFF audio trying to d- delete all of those, and I realized that you, if you do that, it, it, it sounds incredibly strange, <laughs> but, uh, and also it takes forever because everybody's breathing all the time.
2: <laughs> That's um,
0: nice. And it, it, it did cut it down quite a bit. I was trying to reduce the length somehow, and, and I ended up just scrapping the whole project. But the, the thing is, is if, if, if your compression is weird, um, it can up it, uh, to bring it, and you know, it brings the sound that's low up high. And then with the, that and the combination of the music under it, it's like audiobooks don't have music under it for a reason, is my thinking. But, uh, I know I've, we've talked about this separately, so I, I don't want to harp on this, but yeah, that's my big problem with the Drabblecast, is, is the content looks great, and then I can't listen to it.
2: Mm. I've never noticed yeah. it.
0: No, okay, no. well. Then I,
2: in fact, I, you wrote something about not liking the music under something one time, and I was like, "Here's how bad I am." I'm like, "He plays music."
3: Oh, <laughs> that's is, what I like about it. It's so natural; it just flows for me. Yeah, it's like it, oh, but, he no, like there's like there'll be a lightning strike, and there's a little bit of a musical undertone, and it's not not like a sound effect. It's just a a yeah. nod to the content. I yeah. I've been very impressed. With.
0: Well, so, you know, some of my students tell me that they can. They can study while listening to music. Um, I I can't dispute what they can actually do or not, but I can tell you it doesn't work for me. And when you force it on somebody, um, so like you can only study with music, um, it it's gonna make them not study if they can't do it. Like for me, well, so I I, I I assume that just the people so. who don't that's true. But I I mean if you look at Audible and you try and find an uh, a show with, sorry, a product on Audible with music underneath it, you will not find one, and there's a reason for that. Is because if you want music under something, you can put it under yourself, but you can't unput it under. And yeah, I, I know I'm not going to win this argument because <laughs> people like the cast, but um, I I don't want this trend to continue because otherwise I won't
4: I won't I won't <laughs> I have really- new stuff. I agree in general. I mean, I haven't listened to grab, uh, Drabblecast, but NASA has a weekly podcast, and I always really want to hear what they're up to, but they've got music playing behind it, and it just annoys me. I can't listen to it.
0: It's a dangerous trend. It's it's happening in television, where they, mind you, the shows are all terrible, but they get a bunch of young people all <laughs> smiling and, and stabbing each other with needles and whatever they're doing you know, in the drama, and the music is what? trying to tell you how to feel about
2: it's called, oh, it
0: was. That's it was called like, a
2: soundtrack. It's been done since the silent movies. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> not,
0: it's not a soundtrack because it it says like now you're feeling now you're feeling the anger of this character. That's what because, a soundtrack. It, does. That's, that's what a does. soundtrack.
3: That's there's Hello? actually Starship Sofa does a segment about that and yeah. how. Sound, it's called a shoot soundtrack. It's something. not
0: just. It may, may, maybe maybe what I'm saying is. A good soundtrack is good. Is and a bad soundtrack is bad. Yeah, and that's but, my argument for the drople cast.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. A good tra- soundtrack okay. is
0: you know, I, I like, it's not that I don't like music in, in these productions. You know, I think Michael Mann is the master of music and that's why his movies are so good. He <laughs> knows how to make movies with music and the music shows what's going on, but he doesn't have the characters having dialogue like exposition and then, you know, when somebody says something's going to be dangerous, and the music goes dun dun dun, <laughs> like, that's not what we need here. What we need is the, the exposition coming out of the characters, not the music manipulating. So I I, I don't see. I think there is a spinoff of Dribblecast, right? Uh, I can't remember what's called uh, a B sides. I think oh, it's called. Well, B-Sides oh, well, B sides is like the
3: paid content now. Okay, he right. recently started a subscription, and there's also the Dribblecast, which is the fan spin-off of that for people who want their stuff to go up, but it doesn't make it under the main show. So. There's also the no sleep podcast, uh, which is a, uh, um, uh, another community based podcast where uh, Redditors, people on the subreddit called no sleep, uh, write scary stories and then they get uh, professionally uh, edited and narrated uh, on the no sleep podcast. And they recently mm-hmm. won the, the Parsec Award for Best New Podcast. Hmm. Uh, it's very, I mean, their audio quality is again among the best. Also, you're gonna hate it, Jesse, because it has music in the background. But oh,
4: really? It's y- <laughs> a bad trend. It's not
3: a bad <laughs> trend. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, it's, I, I love the music. It's great. Oh, Jesse's I, blood pressure is rising. Up I, so I can waiting. feel it.
0: I uh, want I like you
2: guys it. to show up in my backyard with gloves. It's going to be a fair fight. Come on.
0: <laughs> it's me me against the, the podcasters. You against Jimmy. At, gonna,
2: I'm with gonna, you, gonna Jesse.
0: Win. All right. Well, Seth and I will take you down, <laughs> but, music lovers. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll fight
1: with Jimmy. Uh-oh. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think Tam's got a power punch somewhere in there. <laughs> that a Maybe a me. kick. Yeah, could be a kick. So... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I love podcasts. What do you guys think? Are podcasts good?
4: Yeah, I've spent two hours on one just now, so yeah, I think they're pretty cool.
0: (laughs) That was a pretty meta thing to say, but I I hear you. Um, well, I, I I don't know. How many, how many do you listen to? Is it, is it like every day you're listening to two or three podcasts? Is that how it works? Because I, I go the whole day, uh, whenever I'm not talking to a person or I'm, you know, when I'm not, you know, eating breakfast while watching TV or whatever it is, I, I'm pretty much listening to a podcast of some sort. Yeah, it's the same for me. It's, do you, do you listen at work? Uh, yeah, I, I'm
3: doing some kind of data entry stuff a lot of the time. So, uh, oh yeah, that'll, and, and oh, normally nice. I work in a laboratory and that's actually a great place to work because there's a lot of repetitive tasks.
0: Mm hmm. And a lot of waiting, right?
3: <laughs> yep. A lot of incubation time. So. And
0: very when, good. You know,
2: you're into podcasts when you go, I am so excited. I have kind of the, the equivalent of ditch digging to do. Yay, I could listen to podcasts. You know, <laughs>
0: it's true. It's, That's it's what I do. Same, it's the same thing with audiobooks is like when, you know, mm-hmm. you're confronted with a big room to paint and you, you never, you, you didn't know what an audiobook was. That was pain. And then when <laughs> you're confronted with a big room to paint and you've got an audiobook that you really like and are enjoying and it's still got six hours left. You are in heaven. Yeah. Absolutely. You're tired, yeah. and you're in heaven.
2: That's how yeah. B.J. Harrison got started, actually, at the Classic Tales podcast. Mm-hmm. He was doing a lot of manual labor, and someone went, hey, listen to an audio book. And then they later, and he was like, oh, this is wonderful. And then somebody said, you've got a good voice. You should try it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, he so that's one I, I don't go with because the links won't be up for very long. I, I always see he's he's got a lot of good content, but... I like to link to stuff that I know is not going to go away.
2: Yeah. After a season, how, whatever that is, he then sells the DVD. I just download the ones I want to listen to. And at some point Mm -hmm. I listen and I save them if I want to listen again. Mm -hmm. He's got a
0: good voice. It's interesting because he's, um, he's, he's, he almost only sticks to 19th century stuff, right? I don't think there's anything that's into the 20th century.
2: Yeah. Copyright free, you know, like most people like, well, yeah, but there.
0: see, uh, this is 20th. my project on that PDF page that I'm always tweeting about. Right. All of those, uh, all of the things there, except maybe one that somebody's argued isn't, uh, are public domain.
2: Oh, well, and, yeah.
0: And they're almost all from the 20th century.
2: Well, he's not into science fiction. He's going with real classics. You know, he's...
0: Hey, hey, Julie, you just dissed science fiction
2: I did and I'm sitting here with a copy of the warrior queen of mars by alexander blade in my hand which I will be (laughs) reading so I hope you just leave me alone because keep that in mind
0: (laughs) that's all right did you print that up or
2: I printed it out I printed the pdf out after you sent me the link or whatever you sent me and
0: how is the story? It, it, it's pretty crazy. Oh, I've read up.
2: about, I kind of glanced through about half of it and went, oh yeah, it's very much like the green girl. Pulp all yeah, the way. Yeah, super pulpy, right? And um, I was like, uh, who could do any better than this? Finding a girl who's like the like ice. Come on. out Lying out in the field.
0: And she's, she's giant, right? She's like oversized.
2: Yeah. She is.
0: It's wonderful. And- Am- Amazonian, you might say.
2: Yep. And it's perfect length it's a novella length and this will make my person happy who asked for something like the green girl so isn't
0: this amazing that you can do that you can you can say uh to a podcast hey could you do a show on and people do it
1: <laughs> i guess so. it's not
0: i mean it, it's like hey um doctor who could you do a show on uh, tribbles and they'd like
2: oh, we'll, we'll think about it yeah, we'll do that it. wouldn't and happen right well, I but, have a lot less cost than Doctor Who, but yes, that's, yes uh,
0: still. But even so, <laughs> like the the time spent listening to uh, your podcast is no less valuable to the people oh. uh, who are watching a, an episode of Doctor Who. And I think that's why now I really people love you. enjoy podcasts are really, I mean, uh, I'm really talking to the, preaching to the choir, I guess they would say, right? This is a podcast, and I'm preaching to the choir about how great podcasts are. But
1: well, well, it's, let me that's, say, that's one of the beauties. i not
0: going to convince those. a lot of other people that way, but whatever.
2: Yeah, because you, know, you have
0: the community maybe. that you can
3: tie into and say, hey, what do you guys like? And they say, mm. we like this. And they say, okay, we're going to do more of that. Like It's very it's very direct. There's not as many like advertisers and producers that you have to work through like they would on that's Doctor right. Who. That's right.
2: Well, oh, true, and I will do stuff that I would never do otherwise. I was not interested at all in Rappuccini's Daughter. I'm really, really disinterested in the cricket on the hearth, but it's been two years I've been asked over and over by this one person. So guess what? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. I'm going to get a, the LibriVox person is super good, and so I'm going to use that. But still, I'm going to have yeah, to But you're going to
0: listen to it. I and am,
2: and do the intro and exit and all that. and. But you know that was the way for Genesis.
0: And well, no you read the whole thing of that and
2: uh, Well, I did, but I mean that I would never have come up oh, with Genesis I, see somebody, I mean somebody
0: said read someone Genesis. Someone
2: specifically said I would like to hear you talk about Genesis as a piece of literature. Oh. And I said, okay. They said I'm an atheist, but I would like to hear you and I was like, all right, I will do that thing. Did so, they
0: they get converted? <laughs>
2: Uh, you know what? About they
0: really enjoyed the story, right?
2: Several months afterward, I actually got an email from them where they had some experience of making a bunch of connections that they suddenly went, I, I suddenly understood a different way to think, and I don't think that's a conversion, but it opened their mind a little, and I'm like, oh, all right, that's cool. I was willing to do it just to read the story. That's fine, but you know.
0: I think it was, I think it was pretty, it was pretty interesting and very valuable too. That translation was great. And, uh, you know, having a friend of mine telling me about this great translation and reading it aloud was, it was exactly what I like podcasts to be.
2: Well, and as a piece of literature, I have to say for our culture, it's hugely important. You suddenly understand all these uh, connections that are there from 4,000 years ago or whenever all these stories were orally told. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it good.
0: We like it.
4: This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.